0: The the room next to my bathroom in my basement, this is My Worst Holiday, a podcast about your worst wedding, your worst funeral, bachelor party, bachelorette party, party, or whatever is funny after the fact, we want to hear it. Doesn't matter if it's a holiday, we just want a funny fucking story, I'm sure you can handle that. And with that being said... Today's episode is brought to you by Amazon. That's right, Amazon, the big dog. All you have to do is go to my worst holiday, click the Amazon link, and shop away. It's not going to cost you anything more. It's just going to help us out a little bit, and I mean a little bit. You wouldn't like you wouldn't feel it if he's lifting it. It's a little bit, It's just a tiny bit, uh, but every little bit helps out. And with that being said, we are we have a very special guest, Mr. Barry Norman, ex DJ or future DJ or now DJ. What are you What are you doing, Barry? What's up with you, buddy?
1: <laughs> Not much. How are you guys doing tonight?
0: <laughs> We're doing great. Not too bad.
1: There you go. Well, it's a good thing you can't see me because I, I definitely have the face for radio.
0: Uh, I see you. Look for, you know, you're a rather handsome Jew.
1: I, I, that's what no, I was saying. <laughs> I'm a very handsome Jew? That, that's Boy, right. that's the second time I've heard that this week. <laughs> Is that
0: right? <laughs> that was a, was when we was on, No, that was last week when we was on the phone together. <laughs> No, tell us all about yourself, man. What do you got going on?
1: All about myself. Well, okay. Um, I guess uh, next to the Howard Stern, I'm the the second king of all media because I've worked in um, newspapers, magazines, uh, television, radio, uh, film, and, um, and and now I'm an author. Uh, So I guess I'm an offer. I I just uh, finished my third and fourth book, and I wrote my first uh, uh, play uh, a few months ago. Quarantine is great when you have nothing else to do but sitting in front of your computer. (laughs) 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 So, uh, yeah, so I I have two more uh, books uh, coming out later because I have nothing else to do. And uh, the the play that I wrote is actually, if if you guys are familiar with pro wrestling, do do you know the famous Montreal Screwjob? Yes,
0: yes. I do Oh, that's where—that's where—that's where, that's where, um, where Bret Hart got Dumb the title ish. taken away from him by Shawn Michaels.
1: Right. In other words, he was leaving the company. He actually signed a huge contract with Vince McMahon and the WWF, and then Vince decided he couldn't afford the contract and decided he had to, you know, get rid of him. Uh, he uh, Brett then signed a new contract with WCW, but he was going to be allowed to leave the way he wanted to because he had been with the company 13 years, was a, a top champion, a, you know, a, a fan favorite, and so he was not that he was not going to lose a match. And then in Canada, where he's from. Uh, he got screwed. In other words, he got pinned in a in no wrestling, by the way, is not real. At least the endings are are scripted. And the way it was supposed to end was not the way Brett thought it was gonna end. So he felt he was completely screwed and they call it the the Montreal screw job. And I wrote a play
0: McMahon like at the (laughs) he actually spit on McMahon.
1: He spit on and then then punched him out in the locker room later. Wow, but so I I wrote a play about it, but it's all in Shakespearean English. No, okay. It's well, brilliant. I mean, I mean, well, exactly. I, I mean, it, it's it's all in uh, iambic uh, pentameter, all in old time you know, Shakespearean English. Because those, how how much more Shakespearean can you have? Uh, I mean, if this man is like you know the, the kingdom, and uh, you know he, is, he has knights, and, and there's loyalties, and there's uh, no, um, there's backstabbing, and of course. Oh, yeah. Vince McMahon had it, no, had it, no. He actually had a clown uh, character, no called, no, called Doink. So I made him the court juster. So it was a morality play. So I, no, I wrote that. I'm actually now trying to get some famous, you no, know, wrestlers to uh, be in it. If I can attach them to it. Maybe, maybe Vince McMahon. When when the whole world opens again, we can actually have plays again. We'll actually produce it. Even though I kind of make fun of him, uh, his name in the play is is Vic McNugget. <laughs> um, his, his son Shane becomes Shame, shame. but but I, I I do treat him well. I mean, I actually give him his point of view. It's it's a chicken or egg thing, right? I mean, who actually has the right to decide how they're going to go out? Is it the promoter who gave the venue for the wrestlers to become superstars and make a lot of money, or is it the talent? that they was by their hard work and their charisma that got fans to want to watch? So, in other words, who made who? Therefore, who really does have the right? So there's lots of you no know, long monologues and, and, and dialogues and all kinds of stuff. So so we'll see. I actually have a couple of you no know, uh, uh, one famous wrestler or, or ex-famous wrestler who's, who's interested in that Sting. Oh,
0: so
1: he, oh yeah. Long well, Sting. I was a big, Sting fan. Yeah, well, plus he actually is an actor. So whoever does this actually has to be able to memorize long, long, because these are Shakespearean monologues. You no, know, they go yeah. on forever, so they have to not only be able to memorize, it, but in that in that type and in, in that speech pattern. Right. And I would love, obviously, the main the main character. You know, if you know Dwayne the Rock Johnson would agree to it. I mean, he's another one, obviously, with may, you know, major acting experience. And imagine if he's on Broadway. What yeah, what type yeah, of crowds that could Yeah, in,
0: in, in theater though. You know, I like I can I can picture him like in a movie. You know, in the movies, but uh, let's just say uh, like theater, like actual stage theater. You know, I just don't see him doing
1: that. Well, but once again, it's a challenge. If he could do it. It's, it, it, yeah. would, it would be, right, it's not the Fast and the Furious. It's not any of the things that he's known for. It would be a huge challenge. And every every time, I mean, I've never met him. I, he, I, when I worked at WCW in the World Championship Wrestling, he was obviously in the other. So I, I don't know him personally. Right. But I have a funny feeling. You say this is the chance for you to be on a Broadway, you know, assuming it gets on Broadway, you know, a lead actor in a Broadway play, these this type of performance. Imagine what that Me would the open next up.
0: Brian Dennehy... He could be the
1: next Al. Pacino.
0: The next Kenneth Branagh. <laughs>
1: hey, they, they, they made a play out of Spider-Man. They, there's your
0: boy Shakespeare.
1: Yeah, Spider-Man.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. Yeah, <laughs> only a couple of people died during that one.
1: Well, and the whole play died, but no. Yes. But this one, because it's actually going to have an, a live wrestling match at the end of the, at the end of the play. You know, every single night. So imagine all the hoy polloi that normally comes out to the theater right. are now going to watch a wrestling match. Nice. And, and, and just like in real wrestling where they wrestle the same match night after night, you know, but it, it'll change a little bit depending on how they feel and how the crowd is, except for the ending, which can't change. They have to do the same dance. No, they have, they can change it depending on the, uh, how their performance is. So you know, people would come to see the the play over and over again to see the match and the same way, but how it goes before that w- would vary. So this is my idea and I'm sticking with it. Yeah,
0: there you go. <laughs> you know, hey man, that's it. That's your baby. Run with it.
1: Yo. That's my baby. So, in other words, if it if it actually gets off, you no, know, gets off the ground, and it completely flops, then I can go back on the show telling you about another painful no event in my life where I actually got a wrestling play <laughs> I off the when you ground and it's
0: doing. <laughs> fuck was it, that? Right. Bad,
1: you know? <laughs> it completely flops, closes. No, 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 no. The first night, no, ruining everybody in the process. No, you know, they will. Then, then, Mel Brooks will make another play about you no know, movie about that. Not <laughs> about the biggest failure, you know, who the hell is this guy? Why are we listening to him? And, and, and I ruined, you no, know, Broadway reopens after this whole stay-at-home shelter, and I ruin it for everybody. <laughs> That's my goal, swing big, strike out big, and then come on your show and, you, and, 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 and talk. You, uh, <laughs> you put out there, man. Well, I'm, I'm not afraid to fail, and obviously because my life is filled with, ma- you know, with major failures of, of, of epic proportions. But, you know, the only, but the, what that says about me is I'm not afraid you know, to make an ass of myself and, and, and to try things that are way beyond my grasp. Right. Try,
0: try, try. And try again, that's right.
1: Man. Yeah. You know, like read one of my books and you'll get the ideas. Of, what was he thinking? Why is he writing? And not <laughs> only that, why is he writing about his life? So why does he think anyone would be interested in that? So, so tell us. <laughs> but tell I do. How many books uh, have you written? Uh, I've written four. Three of them are a trilogy about myself. And the fourth one is about pro wrestler Sid Bischoff. No. Wow. Oh wow! that's three more books than I ever read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, go on. You can start going on Amazon. My first two are available. I mean, uh, they're easy names to remember. The first book is called Flipping Point because that's basically about you know, the point where you actually flip out. And the second one is even easier remember. It's called the Angriest Childhood in the World. So that gives you an idea about what a happy, fun book that was. Yeah. <laughs> You know, just 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 a joy to write. You know, and it, but the good news is, everyone who reads it says, "Oh my God, I'm glad I'm not him." <laughs> <laughs> so, so whatever crappy life so, you think you're living, you know, read those books, and so go, on, yeah. can, can they
0: go, "Yeah." Can they? find? All these, right. Can they find these on Amazon?
1: Yeah, the first two which out which already out are on Amazon. So if you find one, it'll actually show. You know, if you like this no freaking book, you'll like this as well. So yeah, both of them are, are on are on Amazon. Uh,
0: everybody look for Barry Norman's uh, uh, books on Amazon. The the first one was called What Now? Flipping Point. Flipping Point. The second one was
1: the angriest house in the world.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs>
1: Now, now the third one that's coming out in a few months, you guys actually might like because it actually kind of fits in a little bit with the motif of the show. It's called The Delightful Denver Doldrums, A Seven-Year Road Trip, because it's about my seven years in Denver, which I looked at as one long road trip. You know, the 2,000 miles it got to, uh, took to get there from Boston to Denver, all the crap that happened in Denver, and then I finally decided to you know, leave Denver to go to Florida and visiting my uh, best friend in college who ended up marrying my girlfriend in college who i didn't know until just a few weeks before i was i was coming down to go through texas from denver to visit my best friend in college mm-hmm. oh wow yeah Good. <laughs> surprise Oh, wow. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that, I, mean, that, that, I mean, like I said, she was my first girlfriend. I mean, I never had a girlfriend. I was, I was the guy we used to like to beat up and pick on in, in high school. And I didn't get a, a girlfriend in college until my like two a year. So we dated a, for two years. You know, a southern girl from Alabama. And I'm, I'm from Boston, and we went to school in Connecticut. I remember I visited her one time in Birmingham, and her mom just got on the phone and said, Hey, everyone, you got to come over here and hear this guy Barrett talk. He talks so funny. You gotta hear him talk. Because I had a thick Boston accent then, and I was looking around and go, Really? They're they're gonna make fun of me. So so I I was two years older than than she was, and my best friend and I, actually, he influenced my entire career. He got me working on the school newspaper. I decided I wanna go into the magazine industry because it's writing and graphic design, which I like. He and I went to a school in New York University for magazine publishing. Um, I got a uh, I got a job uh, working for the largest magazine dis- uh, distributor in the world, and that's what took me out to Denver. And then they told me they had another job in Houston. My friend was from Dallas, and he got the job. You now in Houston, we I kind of you know we we kind of stopped talking to each other. We just yeah you know, we drifted off. He was doing his thing, I was doing mine in Denver. And then when I decided I'm going to move to you know to Florida, I. Didn't know if he was still in Houston or if he went back to Dallas. So every now and again, I called directory information looking for, you know, David Stewart with his middle initial E, which he always included. And one day I found a directory so information e. for, yeah, David E. David E. David E. So one day I found a, a listing in, in Dallas. So I figured, well, he must have moved back to Dallas. So I called the number up, and the a woman answered. I goes, hi, I'm looking for David Stewart. Let me make sure I have the right one. His middle name is Exxon. And there's a pause at the end of the line of the phone and all of a sudden he goes, Barry? (laughs) And I and I'll go, Oh God, no so it was her and i go what are you doing there and i go we've been married for years so i'm trying to figure out how this <laughs> happened <laughs> because like yeah. i said she now, was now two point, years I'm, younger at, she, at that point i'm happy
0: to hear your friend are you pissed off You're like you whore <laughs>
1: like, oh it, 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 it gets even worse when when when, when i when i fill in the blanks <laughs> right. so she um, i'm i'm the, the program at NYU ended for the summer, and my dad said, if you don't get a job, you know, don't come back here. I just paid for your college. I just paid for this program at NYU. So just, you know, so we're still living. David and I were actually roommates at the, you know, at one of the dorms at, at, at NYU. The program has ended. We're going to get kicked out of the dorm. I'm actually about to be homeless. I was homeless for three weeks in New York City because I ran out of money and I couldn't go back home to Boston. Just before that happened, uh, my girlfriend is coming up to you know to visit me before she goes to school in Connecticut, and I go, "Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy!" At least this is happening. Right. So she comes to break up with me. Oh. So she comes to NYU you know, to break up with like, me.
0: I wish that I had berries, girl. <laughs> 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 had berries, girl.
1: Night. Yeah. Thank so, you. So, 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 Thank so, you. so, 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 so. So the final nail in my coffin. Oh, by the way, we're over. Right. It was over six months. ago. I didn't want to ruin your senior year. So, yeah, so oh, you just wanted to ruin you, the rest of my I life.
0: Your girlfriend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so 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 he goes to Connecticut. Uh, I end up homeless, but I do get the interview with the big job. Move, move to Denver. Get my you know my friend you know, the job in, uh, so in Houston.
0: At least you got to be homeless, and he took your girlfriend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yes, at least i got to be homeless and broken up with. <laughs> you, know, you know, so as Bill Murray said, so I have that going for so me. So that no, going for is him. nice. <laughs> From so so oh, in wow, other wow. words, I, I've been thinking, it, it took me a few minutes. It actually took me to leave, you know, when I was with those guys you know, in Dallas, before I headed back to Florida to go, wait a minute, when did they get together? I mean, David is graduating the same time I am. Never He's at math. NYU. Never do right? the math, Barry. <laughs> Never do the do math. The math. <laughs> he moves to Houston. She's still in Connecticut for school. Going back home to Birmingham. When did this happen? Now, oh, I, I forgot to mention our last semester in college, we all lived off campus together. Oh, yeah. So yeah, okay. so we're in the same house together. Obviously, with different no classrooms. Get carry mm-hmm. one
0: then then, Barry. It happened then.
1: You think? Are you yeah, sure? I mean, you didn't think they just suddenly, out of nowhere, decided to have a wine business relationship, got together one day and got met. You, you think they act, this actually happened while I was still in school?
0: You know, I'm no Colombo, but Poor I like to scratch my head and go, you know, I, I couldn't help but notice um, uh, you were all living together when
1: <laughs> <laughs> When, when 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 this happened and and oh that. by the way, you told me the last six months you wanted to break out with me then, but didn't. Um the, the, the only good news that came out of this, when I did visit them, you know, I hadn't seen her in, in, in seven years since I uh you know, since I left. She had gained a thousand pounds. Um so, ah, so David's driving yeah David, David is driving me all around Dallas and all she can say is, you know, you passed me that joint you know, when when are we going to get a beer? Yeah, and I'm thinking, is that the sum total of what she learned from me? Because we we were friends before we started going out. Because I had pot all the time, and I had a good stereo. System. Yeah. So that's how we started hanging out. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh my god, is that the, the sum the total? is
0: always a you know that's a plus and a plus. You know.
1: That's a plus. I had the yeah. best stereo in the, in the dorm, and I always had good pot. So oh, yeah, you you're going to hang out with there me. Well, that was the '70s. You know, maybe, so maybe that's where I she
0: got am. her affinity for artists.
1: So, yeah, she, she, I mean, she never changed from that. At least from from college, she was still you know, When's the next joint? When's the next beer? So I said, "Oh my god, that I dodge a bullet there." Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. anything <laughs> to
0: snack on, like a brisket.
1: Like, well, well like a brisket. Well, that's something. I, that's juicy. That's something I would eat. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I, mean,
0: I, I actually like a whole brisket, like. Like, she's the type of person that walks up to a buffet and looks at everybody else and says, back off, this one's mine, get your own, you know?
1: Well, see, see, she was one of those people that had a stream she had a beautiful face, and from the waist up, she was gorgeous, she just had the world's largest cellulite thighs, but I was in love and I didn't care. I mean, that's what love is, right? You don't care that they have thunder thighs. Uh, yeah. But when I yeah. saw her seven years <laughs> later, a was her romantic,
0: A true romantic. <laughs>
1: Well, see, they're both. Among, I actually talk about them a little bit in my first book, Flipping Point, but I really go over it in in the delightful Denver Dolls. She
0: lets me have sex with her.
1: I love her. Well, <laughs> I, I, unfortunately, I, I carry grudges. I mean, I, I mean, I thought writing these books would, would, would make me feel better, but all it did was rub my nose into every bad thing that ever happened. You, you fell short <laughs> of your catharsis. Well, that's the first thing people ask me. Was it a cathartic? No, no. I freaking relived it. <laughs> I mean, I mean the, 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 the way I write it is spontaneous prose, so, I, I, so I like living of the it again. I keep getting more and more pissed off. It, 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 I mean, now, the, uh, one other funny thing that happened, which is the kind of good thing, like I said, I was bullied a lot, and one of my friends from high school you know, read the book and liked it, and she told me that uh, a few months later, she was at a funeral, and a guy that I actually named in my book, Flipping Point, was one of my bullies, was at the funeral, too. And so my friend Doreen goes you know, goes to this guy and says, "Hey, uh, no, did you know that Barry has no has a book that, that came out?" And he goes, "Yes, I actually read it." Oh. No, and, and she goes, "Yes," and she was, "What do you think?" You because know, he realized, "Oh my God, the bully, you know, who bullied me, reads about himself in the book," and he says, "I feel awful about it." And, and so but then he goes but i was only 12 13 what did i know i go you son of a bitch 12 13 you don't know any better i mean, I mean yes you're better you're you pulling your plug when you're that age you mean yeah. be better right but i mean no he he is a fireman now so i guess you know he he's went so, to the, no, the, the, the he's the,
0: saving the... lives now and you're still he's saved... the grudge from 13 years old he's, he's...
1: And I right well that stuck with him. I feel so bad about what on, I Barry. I'm going to turn. The bad fires. <laughs> See, I made I made good people out of them yeah. bullying me. I turned them into good people.
0: You said the family is six, but that son of a bitch pulled my underwear up over my head when I was ten. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I did get oh, my revenge sure. on a lot of my Do high you school think he's bullies. a good um, guy because he because he gave oxygen to those people and made them live. You don't know the you don't know the wedgie situation.
1: They oh it was it was worse than that. He gave me worse than wedgies. It it was uh, I I I spent an entire afternoon getting tortured by him and a few other guys, and and to this day I don't know what I'd do if I ever saw them again.
0: Kill them, Barry. Kill Kill them them. all. Kill
1: kill them all. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's exactly what that voice in my head sounds like. Kill them. Kill them
0: them. them all, Barry. (laughs) Burn them to the ground.
1: Let God sort them out, Barry. <laughs> oh, that's a good name for my next book. Let God sort Let God them out. Sort them out. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Can I? Can I? Can I use that? Or you're not going to copyright all, that. I mean, no, no,
0: that, no. That's all. That's all free. Uh, that's all free domain.
1: Cool guy. I Do have an internet lawyer? I can have that copyrighted before the show. The show is up. <laughs> it's mine. time you say that word? I'm going to get a copyright
0: nickel. lawyer. <laughs>
1: Yeah, sorry, you can't that say that phrase anymore.
0: That's how close I am to a lawyer. I know a guy that <laughs> knows
1: one. I have my lawyer on speed internet dial. I like go, I need this, you know, this this phrase copyrighted. You got it to change. <laughs> By the end of the show, I'm going to get you guys to say it again. It's going to pay for, for my groceries
0: <laughs> Yeah, it, it's not hard to take some from somebody that doesn't have a whole hell of a lot, Barry. That's. <laughs> Ooh, that. I've got a, I've got a microphone, Barry. That's what I've got.
1: You get a microphone. Well, I got. I, 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 got I had fun. salad days. I, I, actually had some interesting days at some point years ago that have ended long. <laughs> so yes, you get a microphone too. make sure I know you exacerbate my pain. Good, good for you. You're in my next movie. <laughs> or my next movie. I am a, a filmmaker. I, that. I, I'm not doing too bad. Well, let's see. I, I, I could make a movie out of this. All right. I can call it Podcaster. Hey, that's... Podcaster, podcaster, podcaster.
0: pull your fuck? podcaster!
1: <laughs> I, I tell you when, you, when I'm an author and a filmmaker. I'm the wrong guy you want to screw with because you will end up now, on one Barry? of my, you know, one where's of my media things some point. This is how I settle scores. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you,
1: you, you fuck up Gentiles. That's what you did. <laughs> that's right. I, I screw up the guys. <laughs> Hey, I, I was actually once, uh, when I lived in Atlanta, When, when I, I, I was once a bouncer at a neo-Nazi skinhead bar, what? and I always wore my Star David Neck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck I, you, I, did I, not. I was a bit, oh, I turned, I turned to be a badass. I know, I, 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 I was a better bodybuilder. I took a whole shitload of steroids, you know, went from 195 to 270, Right. and, and, and oh, became yeah. a complete and total badass.
0: Nice. And you, you now, yeah, now I don't, he, no wait, I don't
1: hear you laughing so much now, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not 270 now, but I'm still about 215. No, and I go, know I, I used to be 65. I'm now down to so like 63. So if you keep, you know, if you keep on talking, like I'm going now, the right so. direction, you guys. <laughs> I
0: don't know if you heard that. I was like 260. I'm down to like 190 now. So. I'll
1: kick your ass, boy. <laughs> <laughs> just just, just watch the bad shoulder and the hurt back. And, <laughs> and then, I'm, I'm, I'm and then
0: I've got your ass. I've
1: got you. <laughs> I'm going to whip your ass. <laughs> I'm, going whip your ass. <laughs> I'm going to whip your ass. I eat the <laughs> like such a punch. I'd give you for length for the hemorrhage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to Hank Azaria.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, that's one of the reasons my second wife knows that she left me, because I was always doing voices. Mm. She said she did never know what my real voice was. I mean, every now and again, I the wall. She because field. you
0: did voices.
1: <laughs> I did I voices. Love I could many, all make a long of ago. Punish like her. Pull the rope. <laughs> kidding. Are you and kidding? And she never knew what I sounded like.
0: <laughs> nice girl from college. Only fucked twice. The band, and the height, and the football team. <laughs> Hey, my
1: wife, she says she likes to have sex in the car. Last night, she let me drive.
0: <laughs> my wife, she's loud. She's loud during sex, you know what I'm saying? I have to yell over to the neighbor to tell her to keep it down.
1: <laughs> okay, now we have dueling Rodneys. <laughs> That'd be Come a good on, show, Jake, too. Yeah, you know i
0: right? My kid, he's no fucking prize either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> my wife, she can't cook. Hey, last week, the flight, she's going to fix the home of the screen door. <laughs> Okay, the PG material of all the Golasa as well. I get it. All right, all right.
0: Let's get back on track here.
1: All but right. So, what, finding so, yeah, you're you're a badass room. now, and sure. you're
0: bouncing at a neo Nazi uh, uh, bar.
1: A neo Nazi skinhead bar, yep. Wearing a Star of for my necklace.
0: Nice, nice, my man. Wow. Represent.
1: Well, this this was my, my my time in Atlanta. I lived here 20 years. I, I was I was threatened by the Ku Klux Klan once when I was about to take over a newspaper right near the another uh, George Atlanta border. And they found that out, and I, they left a note of my kind. Oh, I, I took it to the local sheriff because I said, no no no, get out, Drew. We will kill you. And I took it to the sheriff, and he looks at it, and goes, Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> so he probably wrote it, right? I like his <laughs> conviction. much <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and, and then in 2001, I started the Galanica International Film Festival in Galanica, Georgia, which is right at the base of the Appalachian Trail. Now, the film festival itself is everything that Nazis you know in white nationalists hate, because obviously it caters to people from all, People from all over the world show up. It obviously has a large, you know, gay contingent. And then they found out that a Jew was starting it. And it turns out the Lonega has a very large national alliance, cell, which, is the, which is the biggest neo-Nazi, or it was, I don't know if they're big anymore, the biggest neo-Nazi group in the country. And they started emailing me, Satan spawns you, we're going to kill you. So I said, I'm your worst nightmare. I'm a Satan spawn, You who will kick your fucking ass. Yeah. I said, name the parking lot, bring as many of your friends as you want, and you may kill me, but I guarantee one of you is going out, and we, and we won't know which ones we get there.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I never, I never heard from them again. So, so, so yeah, Georgia was fine between the Ku Klux Klan and the Nazis. I, I had a good time. Today. Now,
0: how come you're not? You're supposed to be scared. How come you're not
1: scared? Which ones? Which ones are nicer, the Ku Klux Klan or the Nazis? I really want to know. Uh, well, the Klan only wrote a note on my windshield. They, I didn't think they knew email though then. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, letters, the funny thing is, I, I, I actually earned the respect uh, of the neo-Nazi skinheads at, at, at the bar because um, I told them whenever someone was trying to guess, look, I'm not here to judge you. You can wear your, you know, your Stormtrooper boots and your swastikas. If you don't break any you know, of the rules of the bar, you're cool. I'm not going to do anything. So I mean, I, I said I'm not here specifically to kick your ass. I'm here as any other bouncer would. But you get out of line, then, then yeah, I'm, I'm coming so, for you. So they actually, gonna,
0: like, who's gonna call over the, the Jew? Like, like at what? <laughs> I
1: guess. I well, didn't. put it this way, I was, I was, I was a big, I was the bear Jew. You know, I, I yeah. was, knowing Glorious oh, glorious glasses, the bear like, Jew. And it's
0: like, it's funny how things turn around, isn't it?
1: <laughs> so I, I was with you the Nazis kind of respected because I never I never got in their face I never started giving them grief I never did anything that I wasn't supposed to do as part of my job right. so therefore they actually respected the fact that I wasn't going to break up when they're slam dancing really hard and, doing, and you just couldn't throw yeah. your drinks around or, 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 or screw the underage girl in the bathroom you know those are the things you can't do so right. they actually I, I they, just, they respected I, them I, I just
0: your Hitler like, like hey is this the new
1: Slayer album no no <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> well, the, 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 one of the worst nights was actually with one of my favorite artists uh, when the Rollins Band was there. Who was? Oh, yeah. And they loved the Rollins Band and Henry oh, Rollins. Oh, yeah, hated Rollins Band, Henry yeah. Them. Hey, Chris. And, and they would get crazy, and I actually, you know, and, and actually I became friends with Henry uh, with Henry Rollins because he saw that I was able to control things without getting into action fights. I mean, right. I, I knew how to control and, and get him to leave by action. So, yeah, they... Well, they, they, I, I guess they, you have to respect someone who's at a place he should not be at and isn't afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so where was that guy, you know, during the angry Childhood in the World when I was, you know, where everyone
0: yeah.
1: was picking up?
0: <laughs> Every kid's <laughs> has told me about steroids while, you when know? I was 10? Yeah. What? Well, you, you're, you're, not always, you're not always a monster, you know? Like, I, I've seen some little kids that are little, and now, like, they were, like, four or five years younger than me. Uh opie one of them do we call opie that kid's a fucking monster now holy
1: shit well that's that's the thing when i, when I went back for my 10-year reunion uh, that was when i was on the height of my steroids and, and, yeah. and way 270 and the funny thing about that is i had a stepbrother who was my age and he was like the, the most popular guy in high school you know, the captain of the baseball and soccer team screwed all the cheerleaders so i hadn't seen him in a while because i'm living in denver so i come back to boston for my high school reunion and he sees me and he goes oh my god and he gets on the phone, and he starts calling a lot of his friends, a lot of them were the bullies that made my life miserable. And he goes, Barry's back, and he's a goddamn monster. So they must assume I'm coming back for revenge. Right. <laughs> and I, I'm just coming back because I want to see, okay, what do the hot cheerleaders look like? What did all the Al right. Bundy's turn out to I be? I want a
0: crack at the cheerleaders.
1: <laughs> well, the, the, no, the, the captain the cheerleader that I asked the prom and, and rejected me, you know, she actually gained about 50 or 60 pounds. She's on me like, you know, no, she's all over me. Yeah. You no, know, at at this thing. And, and a lot of the big you know, football player bullies they come out to be Barry five five, five I, I did I did, 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 did anything to push you on. I am so strong. So the thing was I was like cool, like yeah, whatever. I don't remember. I mean, I just I wasn't there to you know to kick it. I just wanted to see. And just like you would expect, you know, the big bullies all became all became losers, all the hot skill were all you no, know, no, three three divorces, five kids, you know, eighty pounds heavier. So I mean, it was exactly as, as I had hoped. No, they all exactly. no, they were...
0: you're, you're all that I wanted you to be. That's all I yep. ever wanted for you. I prayed and prayed and prayed, and look, <laughs> you're fat, you're dumb, and fucking unemployed.
1: Thank you, God. Right, and, and, you're, and you're all just right, <laughs> ultimate losers, right? Yeah, I, and I, I heard
0: and, you and, have herpes, so
1: good. And, and, and you have herpes, and you gave it, you gave it to her, good, yeah, now exactly. you're all out.
0: Right. Hey, dodge the bullet on that bitch, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. So, so, so that was so I mean I had so that was I mean I, I haven't seen any of those people yet. I, I just moved back to Massachusetts last year and I actually tried to get a mini high school reunion together here in Gloucester where I live, you know, which is about, you know, not that close to another you know, Boston and none of them wanted to come. <laughs> so I don't know if that means, you know, this is like they're they're afraid i mean, the, the, the revenge I didn't take, you know, you know forty five years ago is gonna happen now or, or they're even worse off now than they weren't then. Mm-hmm. Right. No, so yeah, I mean, yeah, everybody, that's right. Just to
0: remind everybody who we're talking, we're talking to Barry Norman. He's an actor. He's an author. Uh, he's worked in wrestling. He's a screenplay writer. He's writing a screen. Uh, he's writing a play, an actual play um, about wrestling. Um, uh, he's telling us all uh, some of his past stories. The guy's hilarious. He's, we're having a lot of fun with Barry. Uh, go ahead, Barry. Oh, you forgot! I was also in the music business. He's also in the music business. That's right. I yes, gonna, I, get to I. Oh yeah! That. Tell, tell us about, about that. tell us about launching live and for non blondes
1: Okay, well, uh, in I was working. I was actually working in wrestling at the time, and my my best friend. Uh, you know, we, we both went to the music business institute because we both hated our jobs in the mid '80s, and we said, "What do we want to do? We want to get in the music business. How do you do that?" I saw an ad in the back of Rolling Stone. So you want to be in the music business. So we spent twelve thousand dollars a piece to go to a one-year program called the Music Business Institute, which had great equipment and was completely worthless. The only job they could place you at is, is at a record store, which you don't really need to spend twelve thousand right. dollars of education to yeah. get. You no, know, the five-dollar-an-hour yeah, job. You need a pair of tennis shoes
0: and the ability to open a door.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it did have television production, and I would, we were in Atlanta, so that's how I got you know, hired by CNN first, and yeah. then went to WCW. And he yeah. actually did get a job at a small record label. And moved to New York. So we, we stayed in touch and talked about the music business. And then in 1991, we both started hearing some some trends in music where a couple of bands, uh, EMF and, and Jesus Jones, had like number one hits that came through college radio. Yeah, And and while at WCW, I actually got uh, a call one day from a guy named John Silva. And he said, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Uh, you have some shows coming up in various towns I'm going to be in. Can you caught me? I actually work the music business. I, I manage some bands. And we weren't pulling him in that time. I was like, hmm, maybe he'll be useful down the road. And so I copped him all these passes. Meanwhile, my friend Bruce and I started talking about, as we hear more and more artists on top 40 radio that you would never hear before, we started thinking, getting the idea of, what if we created a nationally syndicated alternative music radio show that was designed for top 40 radio formats that would never play a lot of this music, but they might, and it's just a one-hour show. So... Then uh, one day I get a, a package in the mail to my WCW offices, uh, and it's from John Silva. Turns out he manages Nirvana. Yeah, and he sent me their CD. Never mind, this is before it it was released. Right. So I listened to it and I said, "Oh my God, this thing is this is going to blow the lid off. But we better get to do something right now." So I, I I called him because he left me his, his, his information. I said, "Can you get us an interview? We're we're thinking about creating this nationally syndicated radio show. We get an interview with Nirvana." That's really going to help us try to secure a syndication deal. So we did. He got he, he got me an interview with Nirvana the night before they went on Saturday Night Live. So that's like January 10th, 1992. Holy shit, really? Yep. So I, I get to talk to Nirvana, uh, which, which which is cool in itself. I, I, I asked Kirk Cobain, I said, and because it was obvious he was already discussed Their acceleration was, you know, was at this point, preordained. They knew they were going to be huge. Right. So I asked him about yeah. that. I said, I said, is this exactly what you want? And I said, you were a regional band on sub-pop in, in Seattle with the Pacific Northwest. I said, how do you feel about where it's going? And he said, I hate it. I said, "This is everything I didn't want. Just it's almost like my story. All the bullies that used to pick on me and made my life miserable now think I'm God. That's you no know, hypocritical." I said, "I hate the whole idea of the machinery. We now have this sound that I guarantee we're going to have a hard time breaking away from." It. So he, he was miserable with it, but it did help us get this show off the ground. So we actually got a syndicator. You know, it's just in, in syndicated radio and television, the way you make money is you have to get cleared on 80% of the major markets. And once you do that, you get national advertising, which pays a shit ton of money, and that's how we would get paid. Right. So the show was on the air. Uh, The syndicator said they would take us if we, my partner and I, could clear New York. So we cleared the second biggest station in New York City. So now we're on the air, uh, and and we think, oh my God, this is gonna go huge. And every week, Dave says, oh, we just cleared another 10 stations, another 15. You'll be getting the advertising revenue any moment now. And um, two of the bands that we put on the show, we, we got uh, interviews with both, you know, uh, Ed Kowalczyk of Live and Four Non Blonde.
0: Right.
1: And because it was on our show, and our show was on WNEW, the, the number one and oldest AOR, that, as a for you know, album Orientic rock, which is another way of saying classic rock. That's where the Kings, the Who, the Stones, the Beatles, Led Zeppelin Our show actually placed a one-hour Led Zeppelin show called Get the Lead Out. So WNEW, here's the music that we're playing on, the show that they're carrying, and they added uh, a song by Live and Four Non Blondes to their playlist. And that's how, I mean, uh, when the radio, when record labels uh, from uh, approaching the stations in their market, the first thing the program or the music director that makes those decisions says, oh, I don't care about any any other market, next thing they say is, where else is it playing? So uh, once they hear that a band is on New York radio, bam, it starts getting added all over the place. So uh, because Five uh, and Four Non got added to WNEW, it, it goes from the light medium to heavy airplay, and then often other stations start picking it up, and then they start charting, and that's how you know the band. You know, it, it was a major thing for the two bands break Nice. Now, unfortunately, uh, with getting back to sad stories in my life, now the show is, is, is critically acclaimed in all the trades like Billboard and stuff like that. Uh, all the stations that I know that are carrying are loving it. Uh, we, we would do really, really goofy things like... Um, so we, we, we play a song by Morrissey, who, had, who was famous for being a whiner, and I got Clarence from Saturday Night Live to play a segment of The Winers. I don't know if you guys are old enough to remember that. It was Joe Piscopo. And the
0: the Winers. Oh, they yeah. talk oh, like yeah,
1: this. Yeah. So we got Clarence to play a clip of it. You, know, you come out of a commercial break, and all of a sudden you hear, mine's not working. <laughs> and then we play Morrissey. <laughs> and, and, and program directors thought that was hilarious, but... Uh, Four or five weeks are going by, no money's coming in, and we are demanding the, the syndicator what stations have you cleared, and they wouldn't tell us. We finally got our lawyer to you know to, to force them, right. and we were on a bunch of nothing stations all over the country, Millardsville, Georgia, Wenatchee, Washington, you know, not, not the type of stations that the advertisers are looking for. Right, exactly. So, so after 12 weeks, it was costing my partner and I you know, almost $3,000 a week to produce. No, and we we went out of money. Yeah, with no revenue so even though it in. Doing, Yeah, so we had to stop the show because we just couldn't afford it anymore. I mean, it, because the syndicated didn't do what it, it was supposed to do. We thought we were on Miami and Dallas and Boston and L.A. and Detroit. And <laughs> you're and you're in Shaw. <laughs> right. So we're, it's, it's, it's like, oh, my God. So we found out they only added our show in the first place because they were for sale and they wanted to add that. So, hey, we had a pick alternative music show. So that was another, another, you know, a critical success, but a commercial failure. And that's when also I, I, I left New York, tailed between my legs, back to Atlanta, and that's when I said, hmm, I'm going to become a filmmaker.
0: You're a become what now?
1: I'm going to become a filmmaker, because I haven't still failed at God. that yet. So I did that. So I, I, made, I made a film, I know, a few years later called Blues for the Avatar, and it got uh, you know a great festival run all over the world. I mean, it doesn't make you any money, but at least it's, you know, even to get in a film festival is not easy, and then the good ones will fly you out there. So we got flown to Portugal and and, and Slam Dance, which was at the time of the big uh, competition for Sundance. And, and then I made another film a couple of years later about um, I didn't want to take any real job because I was going to be a, uh, um, you know, a filmmaker. But then I ran out of money and a friend of mine gave me a job at his company as a bill collector. Oh,
0: so Wor- you're from a, a DJ b- worst, to a bill collector. That's Worst job ever.
1: How do you mean? I mean, I, well, I, because you're, you're sitting it in sounds a cubicle. like so much of, fun, though. though. It's it's not fun. It's horrible. First of all, what what, what the company does? No, they it sounds do everything miserable. To make, That's
0: what I'm saying. It sounds fucking miserable.
1: They the, the the company does everything they can to make you miserable because they figure the more miserable you are, the more you got to hammer people on the phone. So they would move your cubicle like every two days, so you never can settle into one spot. During you know during breaks, they will say like, "Well, Barry did shit today. He didn't collect anything. Let's all tell him what we know. Give it him the shit. It
0: reminds me like straight out of office spaces, like. I told them that they was going to move my desk again, that I was going to burn the place to the ground. I told the I used to see and, out and, the window at the squirrels. And, and the squirrels, they, they, they were married. married.
1: <laughs> and there were birds, and they were singing, and they were love. <laughs> they
0: were singing, and they were married. It, a, it was no, worse than that. I said no salt, no
1: salt. It, it, it was so much worse than that. It, it was horrible. I mean, took this for like... The top bill collector in the place yeah, was, he, very, was in jail. Um, it, so... it was horrible, so I, I made a film about it. Nice, and, and the film is called Deadbeats, and it's stu- and and I got one of my you no know, wrestling friends, Mick Foley, the star. That, it. that
0: sounds familiar.
1: It, well, it's it's been one of the most pirated <laughs> films uh, of all oh, time. Mick but- Foley? But not because of Mick Foley. The reason why it's become, it's become one of the most pirated films of all time. I made this film, I can't remember either, 95 or 96. My co-star, Mick's co-star, um, is what was a young actress based out of Atlanta named Melissa McBride. Now, if, if, if you're familiar with The Walking Dead, she's Carol. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. once people started finding out that one of their favorite characters in this cult TV show was in this you know, little 30-minute film about bill collectors years ago, it started getting pirated and uploaded. And people have made so uh, you know, fan websites to it, fan Facebook pages where they actually do screenshots and do the dialogue. Once again, I've made $2.43 total. It was originally distributed by Trauma. I mean, I mean I mean Troma did like the Toxic Avenger movies, uh oh, Surf yeah. Nazis Must Eyes, right. Monster in the Closet. So they they distributed and it and actually sold like thirty thousand units. And I got two dollars for that and they spelled my name wrong on the truck. <laughs> it's like how do you fucking do that? You have the contract you made me sign that has my name and you spelled it wrong. So that's the perfect independent filmmaker story. I made a movie, it did a lot of business, and I got two dollars and forty three cents. But my name spelled wrong. <laughs> but I mean, but it's, it's like I said, it's been seen all over the world. I also hear that every bill collection agency also looks out, you know, shows it to their people because it's actually like a, a how-to. Because I actually you know have it. Yeah. Them, you know, I, I actually have where, where, where Mick Foley is, is interviewing for the job. It's really not an interview. It's like uh, they take all the warm bodies they can because half the people will watch out the first day. So during that time, that the guy says, "This is what you're going to do. This is how you do the job." And so, some of it's it's big in bill collection agencies. Um, and like I said, that people found out that Melissa McBride is in it. So, so see, I I broke uh, live for non blinds and Melissa McBride. Actually, nice. uh, I, I think I could have, it could have killed her career actually. <laughs> <laughs>
0: cool. Hey, um, I also got to do a I got to do a shout out really quick to a, a former guest of ours. Um, whose movie is releasing, I believe it's released today. Um, Lisa London, and the movie is called Body of the Night, and it's available on Amazon right now. So uh I don't do you remember the movie Hots? Like when you were young, like in the eighties? Hots?
1: Yeah. Hmm. Sounds like a porn film. It was, it was. A porn it film? was like it basically was. it was like basically. <laughs> I don't like porn films, he says knowingly.
0: Uh, no, it was like uh, it was like a uh, an animal house for women, like back in the day. You know, it was a titty movie. Like she was, she was in that. She was in, uh, she was in um, uh, Dragnet with uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Dan Aykroyd. Uh, she has a couple other movies coming out called The Acrylic and The Choke uh, and uh, Heartbeat. Those should be releasing on Amazon here in the next couple days as
1: well. So uh, cool. We should give... get together and, and make a movie. We'll, we, one of us can either make the other one's career or kill it.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah, hey, I can hook you up with Lisa London's information, man. She's she's absolutely lovely.
1: All right. Well, yeah, you know, to tell tell her look up Deadbeats you No, know, tell her to Google Deadbeats Melissa McBride and she'll find a million sites if nothing, if nothing else it says, okay, he did something that people have seen.
0: Right.
1: Doesn't mean they like it, but they got out there. So that's something. Yep. Absolutely. I just found it on IMDb. Okay. All right. You found my you found my film on IMDb? Yeah, that'd be nineteen ninety six. Huh? Because I've been trying to get it on IMDb. I mean, all my other films are on there, but that one, every time I put it in there, I, it always rejected. Nope. You're on there, yeah. Writer since Barry Herman, D- director Barry Herman, and Michael Williams. You're right. He was my he was my co director. He directed. You know, since I wasn't that so smart on, on the technical aspects <laughs> of directing, so I yeah I but, so I made him. I made all so, Michael. <laughs> yeah, the cover's not on there. It says I. It's. I, had, I I couldn't look it up directly at IMDb. I had to go to the internet, and the internet's directing me back to IMDb. But the cover of it says the best of drum dance. Um, dance. Okay. So about so it, it was on a compilation DVD because Trauma Dance is their film festival that they have same of Sundance and Slam Dance, and they did put Dead, Dead Beats on the cover because Mick Foley was one of the biggest you no know, star. I mean, I pitched them because I thought, I mean, you you know Trauma. Their films are usually there's a there's a lesbian love scene, there's usually one guy who gets eviscerated in, in an escalator. It's just you no know, sex and blood and gore. <laughs> so I figured that those fans are also pro wrestling fans, which means they would love Mick Foley, and that's why they said, "Yeah, we'll take this from you." Got Mick Foley in it, sure. Yeah. So yeah. they did, and then it was then it was years later where Melissa McBride was the reason that it also started going, you know, catching on like wildfire. But, but I mean, the first uh, edition when they when uh, uh, Best of Dance Volume One, it did sell a lot because he was on there. People really interested that, see, oh, Mick Foley's in a movie, not a, not a wrestling. movie. Oh, yeah. And a name like Deadbees—it sounded, no, it sounded somewhat interesting. Little did oh, they you know. know. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mick. Mick seems like a cool guy. I never. Uh, my brother got to meet him. I was like ten feet away from him, but I never had the courage to go up to him. Like, did oh, yeah, I really like you when I was a kid. You know. He one of uh, the nicest guys.
0: I've got a. Uh, I've got a video of, of Mick uh, asking me why I wasn't at a wrestling show. Uh, because I, I I couldn't make it, and uh, my buddy like got to meet him and filmed him, and he's like, he's like, Ma, why aren't you, I'm here? Why aren't you here? You know, like I might forgive you, man, but I'll I'll
1: never forget. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he's the most easily approachable guy. Oh yeah, he, he was he, he was he, wonderful. He's he's an author now too. I mean, he wrote his, his own biography. You know, uh, Have a Nice Day it became number one New York Times bestseller. Oh seller. yeah,
0: it was he, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. He, he writes mostly
1: children's books now. He right. writes books about Santa Claus and Christmas. Yeah,
0: what do you call it? A miserable Christmas with the Miz in it?
1: Right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's that guy. I, mean, I actually sent him my, my first two books as a fellow author, and he said he really liked them. Nice. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. So, I mean, I, I was, I was going to actually book him. I, I owned a movie theater for nine years, and I was trying to figure out a way to make you no know, extra revenue, which means... Keep it open, so I, I had a little space. So he does actually stand up comedy. Yeah. So I tried to book him for stand up comedy, and I talked to his manager. And my theater was only seat, you know, seats no seats a hundred people, and his price I would have to charge like a hundred bucks a ticket for a you know, to break <laughs> even. You know, so I, I I couldn't. But I mean, I, I was going to book him with with a girl I know who's actually doing really well in her comedy, Erica Rose. She's uh, gorgeous, but her thing is she has this real high squeaky voice. So that Mick Foley and Erica Rose could be you know the Beauty and the Beast comedy tour oh nice but no I couldn't afford Mick alone so there's no way I could afford two of them so right yeah Hell, yeah. One um, yeah. Idea. tell
0: everybody the name of your books again
1: okay well uh, the first one is uh, the first two that are actually out there you can get on Amazon are Flipping Point and then the, the second one is The Angriest Childhood in the World and then I have two more books coming up later hopefully one by uh, uh, by the end of the spring and one by summer the next one is the third book about me in my trilogy called "The Delightful Denver Doldrums," so that's where you really want if you want to read the story about me and my best friend in college, my girlfriend in college. That's there. Plus, me being homeless and also I almost committed murder. Oh, uh, well, that's So that's in there. Oh, I know. Really, I almost committed murder, premeditated murder. <laughs> okay. So so that story's is in a there. A, a, a girl that committed suicide and put me in the middle by Barry Norman. <laughs> yep. I didn't do it, so there's no crime, no harm, no foul. I think that's I th- I think, intent. Well, I, I, well, it, it's also conspiracy. <laughs> with, a, <laughs> with a blatant with, out-and-out confession, Barry. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, When you when you read about the guy who's going to kill and why he's going to kill him, I no I'm jury not would can it was wrong.
0: I'm not saying it was wrong. I'm just saying <laughs> these are the facts.
1: <laughs> what, what's, 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 I, I probably should, before I mentioned that, I probably should have meant, what's the statute of limitations for a conspiracy?
0: i <laughs> huh. murder. What's the statute of limitations?
1: What's the statute? So if I start hearing a knock on my door in the next few minutes, one I mean, of you guys knocks me out here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going to hear it. <laughs> now you know I have Mr. a Florida area code for my cell phone, because I don't <laughs> live in Florida anymore. So, okay, they'll, they'll be knocking on the wrong door. You guys are now accessories, by the way. Since now you knew about it, I owe you so much.
0: Don't drag us into this, you fucker.
1: <laughs> oh, you're so weird You're well. <laughs> hey, if I'm going down, I'm taking you yeah, with you're me. Taking us with you. <laughs> hey, can you do podcasts stop, in prison?
0: Stop. He's like, I just smoke a little pot, man. There's
1: nothing. I don't do nothing wrong. <laughs> Hey, that's hey, what you want in like, prison nowadays. It just might make this podcast explode live from prison. Premeditated <laughs> murder. <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't make you want to screw with me so much now, right? No, bouncer her to neo-Nazi skinhead bar and plan premeditated murder. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you treat me, you you will respect my authority. <laughs>
0: there you go, Cartman. <laughs>
1: So, so that's the fourth book I actually can't mention yet because there's actually some uh, – there, there could be some lawsuit issues <laughs> involved in that one. So uh, until it's actually out, I'm actually not going to give the name of it because I don't want no, to let certain parties know that it's, it's coming out there. So I'm not trying to be coy or mysterious. I'm just really, – believe it. After what I just said, now I'm trying to be careful. I don't care about being (laughs) caught for a conspiracy to commit murder, but a copyright problem, that I'm worried about.
0: I understand. I understand. (laughs) Premeditated murder is one thing.
1: Copyright, totally out of it. Well, copyright they can actually bust you for, right? I mean, who's – I mean – I mean, I, I'm just. I was just talking. I was trying to make myself an interesting guest. I, 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 I drive the speed limit. I, 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 I. I, I, I. You really think the, the world is going to be? Besides, you can't take me to jail. I got a quarantine at home. If you want to take me out to a prison compilation? I'll start coughing. <laughs> right in your spot. Uh, there it is. Okay.
0: <laughs> so. All right, Barry, go ahead. Uh, you've got the platform again. Tell everybody about yourself. Tell everybody about your books, your your movies, your, your stage, uh, uh, your script <laughs> thing. Uh, tell everybody everything. And um, if they can send you money or if you got – or anything else like that, you got the floor
1: again. Go ahead and hit us, brother. Well, they actually can. I, I actually am doing a crowdfunding campaign, which obviously, because everyone's broke and everyone's unemployed, has got nothing. I, but since I am self-publishing the, the, the book, "The Denver Dolge," it was about my seven years in Denver. You now that's where the where the alleged you no know, conspiracy to commit murder took place. And <laughs> alleged also, alleged
0: conspiracy. So, to-
1: so, Right, Elijah. It's all right. It's all he here. It? <laughs> you know, no one can. No one has nothing on me. You ain't got nothing on me, Kappa. You got nothing. So got so me
0: nothing. nothing for yeah. Yeah. Say nothing. You nothing, got nothing, nothing on me. Say. Joe Cagney. Get it, buddy.
1: <laughs> so, you know, so, so, well, so that just we, the, we, uh, uh, <laughs>
0: after we're off here, I think we should just sit around and talk about fucking movies for like a day and a half. I should.
1: So the, the one place, if you want to send money and keep me out of jail and, and read this next book, The Delightful Denver Doldrums, it is on a GoFundMe campaign, though The Delightful Denver Doldrums is the name. So that one is, I even if I don't click, I didn't think I was going to get all the money for it because who has money now? I thought, well, people need books to read. No, not so much. So, so that the campaign isn't going anywhere. I didn't really expect it to. So if any of your listeners want to send money and actually read this book, uh, that would be great. And then I have the fourth book coming out, which I can't talk about. Um, my my films. Uh, so, let's, let I, me I, know. Uh,
0: let me know when it releases, and I'll do uh, for you exactly what I did for Lisa London. I'll uh, absolutely um, promote it. Um, put it on my put it on my Facebook link, and I'll oh. I'll definitely share it.
1: That book is about a famous person. It's about a famous professional wrestler. And, yeah. and, and, and all, the only thing I'll say about it is you know, he was my best, one of my best friends for 31 years. I, I didn't want to write his bio because, I, I mean, my best friend who, who did the, the music, you know, across current, uh, the alternative uh, syndicated radio show, our friendship of 40 years ended because when you're in business together and you don't have a contract and things and it doesn't go well. And I didn't want to write this guy's book because I was afraid the same thing happened. And uh, he convinced me to do it, and everything was going great Uh, right up until it uh, did.
0: Barry, yeah, used his name at the beginning of the show. I did. Yes,
1: son of a bitch. (laughs) That was so long ago. How, how am I supposed to remember something that happened 45 minutes ago? I'm, I'm, I'm in my 60s, guys. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I know Steve, my name. You <laughs> and
0: Steve had me on the phone for like fucking 15 minutes. It's like, no, don't tell him. No, don't tell him. No, don't Did tell him. Did I really him. say and his then, name? And then, yeah. And then you said down, and in the first fucking five minutes, you said, Sid. God, do I suck. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, I'm like, who was it? Was it Big Sexy? Who was it? Who was it? Who was it? like I've been racking my fucking mind for like a, like a, like three weeks now since we last talked, and then you write like five minute like five minutes right out of the gate like tell me about your book. Oh, it's Sid
1: Vicious. Oh God, you tricked me, God! You did you you you, you sweet talking. Oh
0: my, sweet talk nobody. You <laughs> are stick. You're you you, you use, your, you're, use your you use your fucking
1: mind meld on me. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> you hey, lying in trouble now. Yeah, in trouble now. <laughs> so anyway, when the book on that's okay, Well, will put us away. He actually he,
0: comes out.
1: He with, he trashed wait. me on his podcast that I actually set up for.
0: What a fuckstick.
1: What a putz. So I mean, I mean, I, I actually don't want to uh, you know bury him or all that because I mean. Look, we were friends for thirty-one years. There was a lot of great times in those thirty-one years. I feel really bad. Yeah, really but it only takes a
0: couple bad ones to fuck it up.
1: Well, it, it, it takes screwing someone over, uh, mm-hmm. no, 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 like 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 no, like he did. Um, he, I mean, unfortunately, he does have demons. He, he's actually a really, really good guy when he's when he's good. <laughs> I mean, he really was a great friend. When I owned my he movie theater like in Maine wife. for nine years, he's a great Dude, friend. You don't
0: me. know him. You don't know him like I do. He has good times, too. I mean,
1: really, really good times. I know. I sound he, like to know the, he, the, 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 hits, the wife of, a, of a, he, the abusive he hurts husband. but he's, he's not kicking my ass, he's so good. You don't know him. <laughs> 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 All right. Yeah, that's, I, I guess, yeah, we, we were in a abusive relationship.
0: <laughs> Barry, this is a safe house, buddy. You can always come over, okay? <laughs> okay. I just want to let you know, this is a safe place.
1: Well, you've already heard me spill my guts out, just just a, a tiny bit. You really you really want to open that door up? You really want me call, calling you off hours? Well, I'm no, in can I, you I, help I you me?
0: To, I want you to save some for the next time that you're on, because you're definitely going to be back on again. Um oh.
1: Oh, you think I run out of material? No, oh, oh god, no, no,
0: not even fucking close. <laughs> I absolutely know, one hundred percent, you're not even close to out of material. Not um, even
1: look, I, I wrote three books, and we, we've only touched a teeny tiny bit of one of them.
0: And no, I'm I'm good with that. Like I said, I want to have you back <laughs> on, because um, I have still got uh, to edit this, smoke some cigars, and <laughs> you're I'm gonna gonna edit, edit, edit it more. Um so I I've got a busy night ahead of me. Smoke,
1: smoke cigars, edit this, take your Xanax right after after listening to me, you know, go Here's for an hour thing. and five minutes. Here's the thing
0: about me is uh I'm not on drugs. Like the hardest thing I've ever done, I smoked a little pot back in the day. But that's, that's a about whole pot or one of them? <laughs> Either way, <laughs> tomato tomato.
1: <laughs> we, we 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 can discuss my, my, I my, I my good my trike years too in this
0: room so I don't want to be very loud.
1: So <laughs> so uh, of course you anyway, want to go
0: over uh, the you can drug find years. Us, you can find <laughs> My you Worst too. Holiday on all platforms that have podcasts on them. Um, we are on Anchor. Uh, you can send us money at My Worst Holiday on Patreon.com. Go to our website, www.myworstholiday.com. Buy everything on there. The big Amazon link. Click that one and buy everything that you're going to buy on Amazon off that link. It's still your Amazon. It's not going to cost you anything more. It's just going to give us a little bit of love. And I mean a little bit. Just, like, small dick, little bit. Um, But, (laughs) trust me, just just fucking do it. Um, And we are part of the Rome of the Mist podcast network. We are part of the 4th Hand podcast network. And from a room next to my bathroom in my basement, this has been... My Worst Holiday! Good night, everybody.